Um, this past Friday night, we had our prayer night. How many of you were uh, there at the prayer night? It was almost uh, about 100 people here. It was a, a fun time. Um, and I'm really just thankful for the church to, be, to being a part of it and supporting it. I know we're gonna continue to do that uh, throughout the year, have like presence and prayer night where we just focus on praying for our church, praying for our city, our state, our nation. And uh, when the church of God comes together and starts praying, powerful things happen. We're focused on prayer because we believe that God hears our prayers. We believe that prayer changes things. We believe that prayer is powerful. And so we wanna continue this vein of praying. It's a core value for who we are and, uh, and, and it's a core value and call on this church. And, um, and I just, man, I felt the, the Lord uh, all night, uh, Friday night. It was just a wonderful time. We even prayed for the fires that they would cease, continue to pray that those fires cease. And, um, and this, this worship band uh, played for over three hours without, you know, like sitting. They were just like, so it was pretty amazing as we prayed and pressed in together. Um, and I want to encourage you if, you, if you didn't have a chance to come to our presence and prayer night, the next time we announce it, please join us, invite friends, um, because we want to come together and continue to pray. We laid hands all on the sanctuary, we prayed in groups, and uh, we're going to continue to build on that. Our, um, our, our verse, uh, that, one of the verses I want to uh, talk about when, when it, in regards to prayer, I, I, I named this um, and, and just in the vein of prayer, um, I wanted to also say that uh, prayer is powerful and praying in context is powerful and understanding why you're praying is powerful. There was a uh, pastor who, uh, when he ended his uh, uh, service, he called anyone up who needed prayer and uh, a man came up and said, uh, Pastor, would you pray for my hearing? And so the pastor said, sure, you know, he's a Spirit-filled pastor stuck his finger in the ear, put his other hand on his head and prayed and prayed and prayed and popped it out and said, well, how's your hearing now? And he said, I don't know, it's next week. And so, um, <laughs> you know, context is everything. Don't just, don't just assume things. Um, yeah, thanks. I love dad jokes, so, you know. <clears throat> But you know, I, I, I think that if we understood the power of prayer, really as a church and as believers, we would be so much more engaged. And, um, and I've said this before, but I'm gonna continue to say it, that it's not that just prayer is a part of our belief system, but we're actually convinced. We're convinced that God hears our prayers because the fruit of that conviction, the fruit of, that, of you being convinced that God hears our prayers is that we pray more. Some of us, I think that, you know, there could be uh, some hesitancy there because you, you, you hope and you maybe uh, uh, your, your best, you know, belief is that God does hear our prayers. But if you're not convinced, I think it holds us back. It seems to be the, the number one thing, the first thing to atrophy in our spiritual life and our spiritual discipline when as soon as we lose focus or distracted is our prayer life. Have you ever found that in your life? It's like all of a sudden days go by, weeks go by, maybe even months, and you're like, wow, I never really had this focus of prayer. Now, of course, we love to pray always, continually praying, never ceasing, um, and, and, and that can be uh, done where you have a life of prayer, where you're you know, praying while you're washing the dishes and driving the car and doing everything else, but the reality is, is that there is something unique and special about having time alone set aside to pray. And, um, and, 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 and strengthening that part of your life again. 
and bringing it back to focus, bringing it back to clarity. In Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the most famous Bible verses that you can have uh, or that, you can, that you've uh, uh, probably heard because it's written, written on walls, on plaques, on bookmarkers, and it's such a powerful, powerful verse. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a hope and a, fu- a future and a hope. How many of you ever heard that verse before? How many of you have that verse memorized, right? Uh, this is a powerful, powerful verse, but it always, it always boggles my mind how we read that far and stop. Let's keep going. What else does it say? Then, right? So if you know the first part of it, there's a transition. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. When you have an understanding of the goodness of our Heavenly Father, when you're convinced of his thoughts towards you, his plans towards you, his hope and future towards you, then our response, the fruit of that, is that we seek him more. We listen to him more. We find him more. We actually press into him more. And the title of this message that I, I just kind of come up with these titles, but, but um, from your knees to your destiny. Your destiny starts with you being on your knees. Your destiny starts with you actually being involved in having a prayer life with the Lord. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm preaching to myself here because I think that it's one of the things that the enemy will try to keep us off our, 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 our connection with him because we, you know, we're saved, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we confess with our mouth. But our main resource, our main connection to communication with God is prayer. And so often our, the church, I think, has been weakened by not having an active prayer life? Is prayer really being involved in our family? Are we leading our families in prayer? Are we praying with our spouse? Are we actually having a commitment with prayer? I, I, you know, Leonard Ravenhill, uh, I quoted him last week. He says, a sinning man stops praying and a praying man stops sinning. So true. The more you talk to him, the more you communicate with him, the more you're connected to him, the more God starts, it's like you're you're looking unto him and you're being changed from glory to glory. You're being changed by by being connected to him. It's just a fruit of constant communication with him. You know, I I feel like oftentimes we are living this life of of destiny in our minds. We're like, yeah, there's this destiny, but it's like we've boarded a plane that has no destination and has no destination city. And we're flying aimlessly without any communication with the radio tower. You know, a radio tower is in constant communication with the pilot of, of a plane. And, and, and they tell you what altitude to fly, what, what speed to be at, um, uh, where, you know, when, when, to, when to go left, when to bank right. You know, all these different things uh, that are, are in constant communication, especially in a landing, is with the radio tower. And if you are not in connection with the radio tower, you will fly endlessly, aimlessly, never really ending up on the purpose or destination of your life. And so when we do not communicate with God about our actual destiny or actually what God's going to do in our life, then it's like, it's like flying aimlessly. 
We're stuck in holding patterns and we're stuck in these uh, uh, places where we're like, wow, why am I not where I'm supposed to go? And it's like, because we've not been in our prayer life active enough. Or some of us are praying so much without ever listening. You know, prayer is not just about talking or, 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 or saying what we want to say, but it's actually about receiving. And, you know, those, those radios, you know, the only way you can you can actually hear what the other person has to say is you have to stop and let your finger off the button to get the transmission back, right? So some of us, are we're just constant petitioning and pleading before the Lord, but we actually haven't listened to say, okay, God, where do you want us to go? Instead, we continue to make requests like, God, I, I want a better promotion in my job. God, I want a better promotion in my job. God, I want a better promotion in my job. And we're not listening where he's trying to say, yeah, but you need to go to a different job. You know, the, these decisions that are made within our logic and our humanity uh, uh, might seem right to a man, might seem right to a woman, might seem the way of logic, but it might not actually be where God wants to put you in your life. And so you might have success, but you'll be unhappy. You'll have success, but you'll be out of the will of God. To have a communication with God and the direction from him. I, you know, this has actually just happened, I think it's about two weeks ago now. Uh, there was a, a, it was like a Cessna plane, a single engine plane that um, a pilot took up his friend and they're up in the air and the pilot is the only one who knows how to fly this plane. The, the friend has no flying experience and the pilot becomes incapacitated. He has a medical emergency and he is, he's passed out and the guy's trying to wake him and he can't wake up and you know, the, uh, the, the, the friend, you know what he did? He, he didn't just try to take it over and fly blind because he has no idea what he's doing. I'm sure he could fly the plane down. But that's probably about it, eventually. But what he was able to do was he took that radio and he communicated with the radio tower and said, hey, uh, this is our situation. I have no idea what I'm doing. They transferred him to someone who could walk him through it. And he actually, for the first time flying in his whole entire life, landed an airplane safely. But the only way he was able to do that was actually to be in constant communication, step by step, learning and, 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 and listening and knowing and responding on how to work with an airplane and the radio tower. And in the same manner, when we are connected with the Lord, it's like being in that communication with him. And so some of the things I think we, you know, there's a, there's a certain part where God gives us a free will and he trusts us and there's decisions that he allows us to make that he says, this is, this is what, you know, you don't have to pray to God to know if you want Frosted Flakes or Cheerios every morning. It's like, God, which cereal should I, should I pick? Don't get like that, because that'll just, you know, God's probably like, I, I, you know, I, the Cheerios are healthier. And, you know, you should be good stewards with your body, and, and uh, maybe, maybe cereal's not even a great I, I, idea. I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, you don't have to pray to God, what color shirt should I wear today? Which I think black is really, you know, I like black, it's very slimming, and it's easy, and so, you know, but, but you don't have to pray about that. I, I think you can just, you know, decide and, and, and use wisdom there. But I, I think when it comes to other issues of our life, like, like where we resource our money, where, our, uh, where does God want us to live? I mean, if you, 
I can answer that for you. Everyone's supposed to live in Albuquerque and you're supposed to stay here and not move if it were up to me. But no, seriously, I hold you guys like this. You can, if God calls you somewhere else, of course, I want you to follow. But these major things, I think oftentimes, we don't realize that God wants to be actively involved in them. And, and we just all of a sudden start making decisions and never praying about it. And we find ourselves in a place that God would never really wanted us. And of course, he'll always help us get into a better place. He redeems every situation when you involve him. But the reality is, is sometimes we only think we need God when we can't do things ourselves. And the reality is, is he's a good father. And so he wants to actually be involved in all your decisions. You know, we look at the Lord's Prayer and um, which is, you know, I've been referencing every week and probably will reference every week, but the Lord's Prayer is a wonderful prayer. I, I don't think it should be called the Lord's Prayer. Um, no one asked me, though, so. Um, but, I, but I think a better description is, is basically the Lord's Prayer of Instruction or the Lord's Instruction in Prayer because this isn't a prayer that Jesus would have prayed himself. It's an apostolic prayer. It's not a prayer that he prayed because Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There's nothing that Jesus needs to be forgiven of. He wouldn't have been praying that. He was sinless. He was showing them how to pray because they said, Lord, how should we pray? And he said, pray in this manner. Pray in this way. And in this prayer that he tells his disciples to pray was that heaven would come to earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is something that we need to be cued in because there's a kingdom of God that's advancing, that's in you as a follower of Jesus Christ, that for us to bring his kingdom here on earth, we need to actually communicate with him and say, okay, God, where's the next direction in our life? What's the next step? Luke 18, one through verse eight. This is Jesus talking in a parable, it says, and he told them a parable to the, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Always to pray and not lose heart. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Now, there, just pause for a second. It, judges um, were usually good, but there would be a few corrupt judges. And um, judges who were corrupt were often Um, wanting to be paid off for their decisions. They weren't deciding based on righteousness and what was right and what was just and what was fair. They were basing on who could pay them more. And so this is the context of what Jesus is actually talking about. Anyone who understood when Jesus says that there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man, they would understand, oh, this is a corrupt judge. And I actually had the, I loved that we were praying against corruption in, in the city of Albuquerque, corruption in our government, corruption in any, both parties, whatever it is, we, because the problem is, is that people get power and power ends up corrupting. And, uh, and I just think we just need authentic followers of Jesus who don't care about power, who don't have an agenda, but just want to help the city. And, uh, and that's not a knock on any per- particular person or party. That is actually just, pr- it's, it's a general prayer that God would bring his kingdom to this city. So verse, let's go back to um, 
verse three. It says, and there was a widow in that city. Now, a widow would be one of the lowest, probably the poorest person in the city. It was one of the things to um, uh, uh, call on the Jewish people uh, in their uh, social system to take care of widows and orphans because they were basically the lowest uh, in terms of the economic scale. Uh, widows, uh, a lot of them were not allowed to work and so uh, they would either have to beg or depend on family for their, um, their funds. And most likely, uh, in this case, there probably was a judgment against the widow, and uh, she might be uh, in a chance to lose her land uh, in, in, that, in this context of, of, of Jewish culture at that time. And so there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. And for a while, this wicked judge, it says he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, she knew how to nag, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect? who cry to him day and night, will he delay long over him? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Listen, our prayer life is faith in action. It's believing that God that you serve is the God of the impossible, who can do impossible things. And so you actually come being, coming before God. Now, now Jesus isn't comparing God to an unrighteous judge, he's showing the contrast between them. And what is Jesus doing but encouraging the disciples that your prayer life actually makes a difference. And when you pray, God who loves you, who cares for you, who's a good heavenly father, the opposite of an unrighteous judge will be even more responsive than an unrighteous judge who couldn't care less about how he judges. But God does care. And so when you're convinced of this, when we are convinced of this, we will pray more. And this is faith on earth that we pray. Knowing God is not just knowing about him in his word, although we should read this word as much as possible. And Christians, I just wanna encourage you, just you fall in love with the Lord when you read about him. Just reading, just reading about him. And, and, we, and we, we're never gonna go away from this word. But it, in addition to this word, or the, the fruit of reading this word is actually now a relationship. It's, it's actually believing what the word says and saying, God, I, it says to hear pray. And so I, I wanna pray because I want this connection with you. I wanna request things before you. I wanna get to the destiny that's on my life in this way. And sometimes you might not even know how to pray. In Romans 8, 26, uh, Paul talks about this. He says, likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. If, if you don't know what to say, then ask the Holy Spirit to bring everything to your mind on how to pray. If you don't have the gift of tongues, which sometimes, I, you know, I, I've prayed for the gift of tongues and received it uh, uh, as a Christian, and, and so when I don't know what to pray, I just pray in tongues. 
And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts bringing things to my mind. I realize I actually don't understand the words and the groanings, but I actually understand what the Lord's praying in that mind because all of a sudden, I was starting to pray for somebody that I had no idea that I was supposed to pray for. Have you ever had someone come to your mind? Maybe you've been woken up in the middle of the night. Maybe there's been a situation. All of a sudden, you find yourself interceding for somebody or something, and it was not even on your radar. Has that ever happened to you before? This is the Holy Spirit who's bringing to your mind exactly what you need to pray for. And then you often find out that the person was going through something or struggling with something. And you're like, wow, God knew. I didn't know, but God knew. And he, he said, Paul, please pray for this. Pray for it. That the kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, just because We've been given all these things. You know, if you have, if you have a, a extreme wealth in your bank account, but you don't know how to withdraw from the bank account, you're actually no richer than the next person. It's like when, when we have all these, these things that have been paid for and given to us by the Lord, I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about redemption. I'm talking about uh, 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 all the uh, uh, things that the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ did for. When we can draw from that bank account by putting our requests into him and bringing his kingdom on earth. Ruth and I, we, you know, we pray that, that uh, there's even openings. I, I just, I, I need to tell this amazing testimony. Is this okay if I share this? Yeah? Well, I guess I have to now, so. Um, and, I, and I just so, just amazed by, by my wife. She's a saint and a legend. Um, you know, we were, we were visiting a, a family. We had driven separate cars, and afterwards I went to the gym, and, and she went on home uh, a little later uh, with the kids. And um, I went to the gym because since I've started here as a pastor, I've gained 20 pounds eating meals with people. Um, <laughs> and I need to lose 20 pounds. People are like, yeah, so anyway, so I'm a little swollen right now, but I'm, I'll get back, I'll get back. And, uh, and Ruth, um, so she, she's taking the kids back home, and while she's getting out of the car, uh, she hears this gut-wrenching scream from a neighbor, and she goes, what is that? And, and at first she was hesitant because it was so terrifying, the scream, she thought maybe they're, could be a gun involved, maybe it's a domestic violence issue, and, and, but no, she didn't hear anything like that, so uh, any gunshots, but, and she ran toward the emergency. Now, as believers, I love this because this is what we do. We run towards the mess. We have faith in Christ, and we run towards it. And so, uh, so here she is. She, she, she rings the doorbell. Um, the neighbor answers the door. It's, a, it's a, an older woman. She's uh, on the phone with 911. She goes inside the house, and, uh, and there is her son, who was fully clothed but had overdosed in the bathroom tub. And uh, he was gray, blue lips. His heart wasn't beating. He was dead. He wasn't breathing. And the mom couldn't even lift him out of the tub. So Ruth gets under his arms and pulls him out, to the, out of the tub, lays him down, and she says to the mom, do you know CPR? And she said, no. So Ruth starts doing compressions on him, all the while saying, I command life in you, in Jesus' name. You will live and not die, in Jesus' name. And the whole time, the mom's like behind her going, yeah, that's right, God, help him, you know, like, because she's desperate. And, um, and 
by the grace of God, this young man all of a sudden starts getting his breath back and his heart starts coming back. And um, amazing. And has been the biggest open door for us to witness and share the gospel. And um, Ruth has been in contact with her. And um, I just can't wait to, to see the time where they're here at church because we just declared in Jesus' name. And, and the young man is in, in, in rehab and, and doing better now. Um, and then Ruth went across the street and put the kids to bed. Just amazing. Like, I come out of the gym and I see this text like, oh, wow, okay. Um, but this is the power of prayer. We have life and death in our tongue. We, we can pray these prayers that God hears. And I just want to encourage you. I just felt this burden to talk about realigning your destiny with God by picking up your prayer life again. And this is not in a way to accuse anyone of, of not praying enough. I'm not saying you need to pray 10 hours a day, although that would be great. Start with one, start with five minutes, then go to 10 minutes, then go to 15 minutes. Start spending time with him. Start praying to him about details in your life and in your family. And watch how God transforms you. Watch how God changes your circumstances. Watch how you listen and hear him and get direction and say, wow, this doesn't actually make logical sense necessarily. It's not what I would have chosen. It must be the Lord. And you take those steps of faith and watch how God comes through. Why don't you stand? There's, there's a call, I believe, on this house to bring us back to prayer. And I can't expect our church to do it corporately if we're not doing it personally. And I really want to encourage you, you know, we, we talked about it before, it's like when you're lifting weights, if you don't work on your legs, you have no strength, no power. So you don't skip leg day. Apparently, this is what they tell me. I don't know, because I know. But don't skip leg day, right? But prayer, our prayer life is, is, like, is like leg day. It's like working out our legs, because that's where all the power comes from. We need to continue to engage in this area of our life. And so I want to just pray for you guys corporately, and then we'll open up the altars here for anyone who wants to um, receive prayer and, and, and needs standing in prayer. So... Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the gift, this gift of prayer you've given us, God. And Lord, even though it's probably one of the first things that starts to fade away when our lives get busy, would you help bring us back to that spiritual discipline of spending time with you, of connecting to you? God, we wanna get back to our destiny and each one of us has a certain specific call and destiny on our lives. And there's no way we can do it on our own. We might try through the free will you've given us, we might try to land our plane, but really, Lord, we can't do it without your guidance. We need you. Lord, would you help us stay focused? Lord, would you help us find ways where we can pray with our spouses and our families 
Would you help us find ways we can open up and pray for those who might not even know you? Engage them. Lord, I pray for all those who are going through a lot of difficulty right now. And they've been just trying to work things out on their own. And they just forgot about that radio transmission they get to use. Lord, I just pray that they would come back to it. That we'd start praying. God, that this call would be on our personal lives as well as on our church. Lord, I pray for all those who are dealing with physical disabilities right now. Lord, I pray for their healing. I pray for their wholeness. Pray for all the pain and all the disease to go and all functionality to come back. God, we pray for our lost loved ones. God, we pray for those who are prodigals who need to return, Lord. We pray for those who aren't in our church but are coming. God, I pray for people who need jobs. God, I pray for open doors and divine appointments, for promotions, for a repurposing of their life. Some of you are being repurposed. You don't even know. You're like, hey, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's like, because God has different plans for you. He's going to repurpose you. It's a transitional stage. But the way you're going to get through it is in prayer. So Lord, I bless my brothers and sisters. I love them. Lord, would you just continue to share your love with them? And um, yeah, we give all things into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We want to welcome our prayer ministers, pastors to come up front. And if you need prayer for anything, we want to pray with you. Um, other than that, guys, have an amazing week. Thanks for coming. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Okay, we're going to have a youth service. It's going to be awesome. And uh, if you haven't signed up for the Blended Families yet, and that would be uh, something that you guys would be interested in, please sign that up so we know how many are coming. We can prepare properly. Bless you guys. We'll see you later.